Good morning, everyone. Nice, clear my throat there. Well, it's great to be with you all in the start of 2022. There's more faces than in the beginning of the service, so well done for making it this morning. I feel this is quite far away. Is it okay if I still stand here, hey? Okay. So just to let you know a little bit about me and my family, so this is my gorgeous husband sitting in the front here, Darren Cole, and he's been a great support for me, especially of this last week as I prepped for this preach today. We have two gorgeous children, Abigail and Nathan. Abby is nearly seven years old, and Nathan is three years old, and we've been coming to this church for just over seven years now, and we just love being a part of this community and calling it our home. So a little story about me. Um, when I was younger, I went to a school called Forest View Primary School. I don't know if any of you know it or were there yourself. Um, and every year they produced a school yearbook. And when I was in grade one, the topic was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, man said, when I grow up, I want to be a teacher because I play at home a lot. And my sister's three years younger than me. Her name is Janice. And she would often be my student. But other times she was my colleague and we would have our dolls and our teddy bears lined up on the bedroom floor or on our beds. And we would teach them. We'd have our chalkboard. Um, and when it was time for break, we would ring this handheld bell that my mom had. The children would all line up and we would walk to the field, which was the garden. And my sister and I would stand on the deck overlooking them with our loud hailer. You know, the teachers always had a loud hailer in those days. Pick up your litter. Um, and then when it was time to go back into class, we picked up the bell, rang it, and we took our kids back into the classroom. And that dream for me came true. I'm a qualified teacher, and I've taught in the classroom for over 10 years. And I absolutely love being with children, how they learn, how they grow, um, how they play. It's just the best being with children, and I think they are phenomenal. Um, and I wanted to let you guys know, oh, sorry, then... I, when I had my two children, and they were both now at school, God placed a different dream on my heart, and that was to be in the kids' church. And that's where I am today. I lead the kids' church here. Woohoo! <laughs> that was good timing. <laughs> um, so I lead the kids' church here at Clough Olive Tree, and I feel it's such a privilege and honor to serve these children and to be with them. So today it's a little bit terrifying to be in front of you guys. I'd rather be there at kids' church. Um, but I wanted to let you guys know, and I'm sure most of you do, that God has such a heart for children, and he's asked us to have children. In Genesis, when he was speaking to Adam and Eve, he blessed them, and he said, be fruitful, have children, especially what he's telling them. In Malachi, it says, what does God want from a man and wife from their marriage? He wants godly children from their union. And in Psalms, it says that children are a gift from him, a reward from him. And children are they're the most precious blessings that we could have. And we have the privilege of training them up in God's ways. Now, I know that for parents, it can be very stressful and um, frightening to bring up children in this world that we are living in today. There's so much violence. There's poverty. There's sickness. There's COVID. There's inequality, racism. I mean, we can keep going on and on and on about all these different terrible things in this world. And I know there's even some people that I've chatted to who are even questioning the thought of having children. Why would you want to bring a child into this world? Now, there was a time in the Bible where it was also a cruel, terrifying world to live in. The king of Egypt didn't want his slaves to outnumber them and overpower them. So he ordered for all their newborn sons to be killed. So we're going to read from um, a scripture in the Bible, a passage from Exodus 1 verse 22. 
So I just want to grab my Bible. And it says, Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. Now, a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. So when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then her sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the river bank. Seeing the basket among the reeds, she sent the slave girl to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, a little boy, crying. She felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the Hebrew boys. Then her sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a woman from the Hebrews to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I drew him out of the water. So that was a terrifying world to live in during those times. Can you imagine the stress and pain that Moses' parents must have been facing? The anguish, the uncertainty of not knowing what was going to happen. What should have been a joyous occasion and a celebration of life, that moment was robbed from them. They didn't get to experience that joy. They must have prayed and had a connection with God. They must have had faith and believed in him, and they weren't afraid to disobey Pharaoh's command. And God intervened to make sure that Moses grew up in his family home in their faith and belief in God. And God's plan for their son was greater than Pharaoh's plan. <laughs> Everyone's joining in. <laughs> so today, let's be like Moses' parents. We're going to speak about three points today about how we can prepare our children before we release them into the world praying for our children, and having faith in God, knowing that His plans for our children are far greater than the enemy's plans. And if you don't have children here today, then I want you to hear God's heart for you as His child, that He loves you and He's got a plan and purpose for you. And perhaps you're even going to be a spiritual mother or father to someone and guide them in their calling and that God has for them. So the first um, point is how do we prepare our children? So we know that our children first and foremost belong to God. They are His children. And we have the awesome responsibility and privilege of training them up in God. We need to ask God for His grace and wisdom in carrying out this responsibility. So if we have a look at Moses' family, Moses grew up in a loving home. He had a mom and a dad, Amram and Jochebed, and he had two siblings. There was an older sister, Miriam, and an older brother, Aaron. And they were Hebrews. They were slaves to the Egyptians. Now we read in that scripture that when Moses was three months old, his parents could no longer hide him. So they prepared for his release into the world. They prepared a special basket for him that was waterproof. So they didn't just throw him into the river and watch him sink down. They prepared for his release into the world. They also placed him in the reeds, it says, where it was sheltered. So they didn't just put him into the river and watch him flow down on the current. He was sheltered in the reeds. And he also had a sister watching over him, who would then suggest to Pharaoh to send for help and cause their own mother to look after them. So they prepared for their child's release into the world. 
God intervened and made sure that Pharaoh's daughter uses Moses' parents to bring them up in their own home and even paid their wages. I mean, bonus. God gave Moses' parents the opportunity to raise them up in their own home and their beliefs and their faith in God, to teach him godly principles and to establish his identity in God, knowing who he is. Then a few years later, he then goes to live with Pharaoh's daughter. And fast forward about 40 years now, it says that Moses, even having grown up in Pharaoh's home, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But he rather identified himself as a Hebrew, the nation that he grew up in with his mom and his dad and his sister Miriam and brother Aaron. That's who he identified himself as. He went back to those roots. So he gave up the chance to run with the elites, to have that prestige, the title, the power, but he chose to be called in, um, the Hebrew nation, the slaves. That's who were his, his people, he says, the Israelites. So if we look at it for us and our responsibility of training up our children, let's use these years that we've been given to um, help our children find their identity in Christ, to ground them in their faith so that they know who God is and who they are in God that God loves them, that nothing can separate them from the love of God, that God calls them their his own, that God has a plan and purpose for them. Um, um, I want to read a scripture in Deuteronomy 6 verse 5, which can tell us a bit as parents what we can do. And it says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So the instruction for us as parents as well is for us to know God, to love God and to be secure in our identity in Him. Because our children are watching how we live our lives. They're watching our faith and our actions and our prayers. So you are setting the example, parents and grandparents. Um, they're watching how we deal with situations, our relationship with God. Do they see mom and dad reading the Bible, praying, loving each other? Um, do they see how you speak about other people? Are you using kind words? <clears throat> our children are watching how we live our lives. Now, I thought I never used to have dreams, or well, only nightmares. I don't know if any of you have that same thing. But then I soon came to realize that we all have dreams, and God can speak to us through our dreams. I've then been going through a process where I then sat down one night, and I said to God, God, I know I'm having dreams. Please can you help me remember my dreams? And Holy Spirit, help me to interpret these dreams and know how to apply them into my life. So I've had some dreams for the last year and a half that I've been actively recording and hearing from God. So I had the opportunity to share them with my husband and my children, certain dreams that is. And they have seen how it's applied into my life and how God has been speaking to me. And it's been such a wonderful example to my daughter. She's been having dreams now. And she comes through to us in the morning, sometimes a bit too early, hey babe? Um, and she tells us her dreams. And the one day in particular, she came to me, told me her dream. And I said, well, what do you think God is saying to you in that dream? Because I didn't have a clue. And she told me exactly what she thought God was saying to her. And that she had to do something for her friend for school. And I said, okay, well, make sure you go get ready for school first. And then you can do what God says. <laughs> um, and then when she went to school and she came home, the joy on her face when she told me that her dream was realized. I mean, I won't go into all detail. It's a whole other story. But it was so wonderful as a parent to see that my example has now influenced her and she has heard from God and acted out in faith in it. And it was, yeah, it was so special. It carries on Deuteronomy 6 verse 7. 
And it says, repeat them, God's commands, to your children. So repeat God's commands to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Kids need repetition. It needs to be a repeat, repeat, repeat for them. And we need to daily teach and remind them about God's truths, His promises, and His commands. So it's wonderful to bring your children to Sunday school is a wonderful thing. I love it to be able to be with your children, to teach them God's word, to be in community with other believers. But it's not just a Sunday school thing for them. It's home is where they can learn the most from you. So us as parents, we need to look and search out for opportunities to bring the kingdom of God into our everyday lives and show them how we can do that. So a few examples is we can share testimonies with our children, tell them what God has done for us in our lives and how he's answered prayers. We could read Bible stories to them or passages from the Bible. We could pray with them at mealtimes, before they go to bed at nights, when you're driving to school, pray with them. We can have um, kids, well, not just kids, we can have praise and worship music on in our house. Um, often when I'm getting ready for um, work in the morning or I'm preparing dinner, I have worship music going on and it's not just kiddies worship, it's my, my worship music. Um, and it's so wonderful to hear later in the day that the children are repeating those phrases or the chorus. And for them to declare God's goodness and sing his praise is so beautiful to hear in your home. And Jesus loves that. Um, scripture. You can help your children to memorize scripture, but not just memorizing it, showing them how it can apply how they can apply those scriptures to their lives. So for an example, my daughter was um, going through a really tough time, maybe a term, of where she was battling with her friends. And I showed her a scripture in the Bible that says, pray for those who hurt you. And I sat down on the bed with her and we prayed for her friends, the ones that were hurting her. And it was so special to show her that actually we can do that because that's what God's called us to do. Um, another example with my daughter, shame. <laughs> you can't tell her this story, she knows. <laughs> Um, this was when COVID first hit um, and she was battling with sleep. She was so anxious and fearful and it came out in her sleep time. She was battled to go to sleep and actually stay asleep. So what I did is I took a scripture from the Bible, I wrote it down and I stuck it up on the headboard of her bed. And every night, whether it was my husband or I putting her to bed, we used to pray, read the scripture over her and pray for her. And it was, we did it night after night, week after week. And she soon came to know that scripture off by heart. And we can tell you now that she does sleep in her own bed and she has a beautiful night's sleep now, so it works, guys. Um, and just repeating that for her all the time. And these are not just for children in their early formative years. If you've got children in high school or varsity, you as parents and grandparents still influence their lives. Your faith and your actions still speak loudly to them. And they look at you guys and you can encourage them to apply these godly principles to their lives. The second point I want to speak about today is one of our greatest weapons, and that is prayer. Prayer is our connection line to God, where we can talk to Him and we can listen to Him. It's often our last resort in situations, but we need to prioritize it and make it the very first thing we do before taking any other action. Now, a story I want to tell you is we were on holiday in the Berg, um, with my um, in-laws, which are actually here today. And 
we, my son needed to sleep in our bedroom on the mattress on the floor, and Abigail slept with my in-laws on, on their bedroom floor. And the one particular day, there was an experience that Nathan had that was very traumatic. And when it came to night time to sleep, he was very restless. He was tossing and turning the whole night. He was calling up my name every 20 minutes or crying, coming to check me that I was in bed and then climbing back into his bed. It was a very disturbed night's sleep. And about three hours later, he's now lying in the bed between Darren and I, and I suddenly told oh, I should pray. So I put my hand on his tummy, and out loud I said, may the spirit of um, fear and anxiety leave my little boy's body, that he is the son of God, and I pray for God's spirit of peace and rest to be upon him. May he have a good night's sleep. And from that moment on, we slept soundly, all three of us, and I couldn't believe I'd left, waited for three hours before I prayed. So prayer is important, guys, and it works, and God is listening to us. So if we look at Moses' parents, Moses' parents must have prayed. They must have had a connection to God where they talked to him and they listened to him. They must have cried out to God in their pain, saying, God, help us. How is our son going to survive? What are we going to do? Perhaps they had to pray to get to the place of faith over fear. They had to pray for the wisdom and knowing what to do. They had to pray to hear God's voice, and they listened to him. And I can guarantee that their prayers for their son did not end there. When he went to go and live with Pharaoh's daughter, I can bet you that they continued praying for their son. And in the Bible it says that we must continue praying. Pray without ceasing, it says. It also says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. It also says, devote yourselves to pray. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. And there's lots of scriptures about prayer. But us as parents, let's not stop praying. Let's pray continually. Let's pray when we're washing the dishes, when you are weeding in the garden, if that's what you do. Um, if you're taking out the rubbish, if you are driving in your car, pray continually. Don't stop praying. Talk to God about your worries, your concerns, your desires. Thank Him for what He's done, His goodness and faithfulness. Thank Him for your children. And let your children hear some of your prayers too. Pray with your children for their day their friends, their exams, if they are trying to find their career path, if they're going for their car driver's license test, pray for them. But don't limit our prayers to our todays, to our every needs. Let's, I want to encourage us as parents to pray big prayers, to pray for our children's futures. Um, and I love reading scripture, and I want to share with you today some prayer ideas that I have that we can apply to our, um, our prayer life. Um, I don't know if we have that on the screen. Um, so prayers for our children. We could pray that our children come to know Christ. So I want to show you, if we take a scripture from the Bible, how we can read that scripture and then turn it into a prayer for our child. So in Philippians 3 verse 8, it says, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I could gain Christ and become one with Him. So if you wanted to turn this into a prayer for your child, it could go something like this. And I would say, Jesus, thank you for my children, Abigail and Nathan. Thank you that they would come to realize that everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing you as their Lord, that they would gain you and become one with you. This is my greatest desire for my children. Another one would be to be servant-hearted. 
And being servant-hearted, in Matthew 20, verse 26, it says, whoever wants, to be your uh, be, sorry, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. So you could say something like this and say, Jesus, thank you for my little Nate. I pray that he has a heart to serve other people just like you did, and that because of that, he'll be a great leader. So you can take a hold of scriptures. There's another one. You pray for your children to be saved and protected from unnecessary pain and trouble and suffering. You could pray for your children to grow more like Jesus in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And pray for their protection. So I'm just showing you how today, I'm not going to go through all of them, but how you can take a scripture, whichever scripture in the Bible that you feel is appropriate and you want to declare God's blessings for them over their lives, take it and turn it into a prayer for your children. Or if it's not just for your children, for your spouse or for a work colleague or for a grandparent or friend, pray for your, um, the people around you. The third and last point I want to speak about today is having faith. And what is faith? For me, faith is putting our trust in God, that even if we don't understand the situation we are in and we can't see how it's going to pan out, that we still believe in God, that He is with us and He is for us. And He will answer our prayers and give us peace. In Hebrews 11, verse 23, it also speaks about Moses' parents, and it says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and some translations say special or beautiful or exceptional child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command, which was Pharaoh's command. So it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him. They might not have understood the situation they were in or how it was going to pan out when they put their baby into the river, but they trusted in God and put their hope in him. And it also says in that scripture, it says they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Well, I'm wondering if initially they were afraid, or at least one of them was. And perhaps they had to work through their emotions and what they were going through to get to that place of faith over fear. Perhaps they had to pray for the wisdom and knowing what to do. And then having that faith to act out on it, where they made the basket, they put him into the reeds, and the sister was watching him. They were not afraid and they stepped out in faith. Moses' parents also saw that God had marked their child from birth, that he was special in God's sight. They had faith in God and not faith in their child, not in their child's beauty, their skill, their personality, but faith in God. So for us as parents today, let's have faith in God and not in our children, not in their beauty, their skill, their personality, their accomplishments, because it's not what they can do, it's what God can do through them. And let's also have faith in God and not in the world around us. Don't be afraid of all the stresses and the suffering that we will face, but put your faith in God, knowing that His plans for our children are far greater than the enemy's plans. And if you're not in that space, then we need to pray to get to that place of faith over fear. Moses' parents were not alone. They had each other to support them. So if you are feeling alone or you are a single parent, or you have a spouse that doesn't believe the same things that you do, then I want to encourage you, when you get into those times of doubt or fear or in a crisis, reach out to a friend or a sibling or someone from church who can remind you of God's truths and promises. Now, I know when fear creeps in and doubt, I can turn to God and ask Him to remind me to have faith over fear. But there are other times where I feel so overwhelmed and bombarded by all this social media drama and WhatsApp things, and there's just too much for me. And I can turn to my husband, 
and he can support me and he reminds me of God's truths and his principles and helps me to come back to the place of having faith over fear. So I want to encourage you to, if you're battling, to reach out to someone who can remind you of that. A little special side note for grandparents here today is that you guys have such an important role and us parents are so grateful to have the loving support from you. God's blessings are multi-generational, which means that your faith, your prayers, and your actions will ripple beyond your children to your grandchildren and their children and their children. So thank you for what you've already done. And I want to encourage you to persevere. Don't give up. Because the way you live your life, your faith, your actions, and your prayers are so vital to your family that God will bless them because of you. I know my parents' um, faith and prayers have blessed me and my siblings and our children, and my husband as well. His parents' faith and actions have blessed me and my family and our children. I feel like I've got a double blessing. And I know that it'll keep on going because God's blessings are from generation to generation, and I'm claiming that for my children and their children and their children. Um, So today, just as I wrap up, I hope that you've caught some of God's heart for children, that they are a gift from God, they're a reward from Him, and that ultimately our children belong to Him. They are His children. He calls them His own, and He loves them and wants the best for them. So parents, our greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may be the children that you raise or the grandchildren that are in your family. So let's use the time we've been given to help our children find their identity in Christ, to know who God is and who they are in God. Let's pray with our children and for our children, declare the promises and blessings of God over their lives. Let's not allow the fear of the world to disrupt and mark our children's future, but rather put the future of our children into God's hands because God is the all-powerful, all-knowing, faithful, true God. And let's have faith like Moses' parents did, knowing that God is with us and He is for us and that God's plans for our children are far greater than the enemy's plans. Okay, so today, oh, I did well on time there, Matt. (laughs) Um, So I'd just like to pray with us as parents, grandparents, and people that knowing that God loves us and he calls us his own. So Jesus, I want to thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you, Father God, that we are your children and you have good plans for us, that we cannot look at the world around us, all the stress and the suffering, but we turn our eyes to you. We look to you, God, that you have plans and purposes for us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Thank you for our children, that you would bless them, that you would pour your favor upon them. And we just trust in you, Lord, today, that your word that what you've said is true and that your promises are good. And I thank you for every single one who is in here today, that you would bless them, bless their families. May we continue to have faith in you. May we continue to pray daily and just trust God that your blessings will flow from generation to generation. Amen.